I'm Laura Zach. And I'm Brittany Ashley. And this is Sicker Sadder World. A podcast where we rewatch episodes of Daria and relate it to our current burning world. So much has changed for you in the last week, I don't even know where to begin. Yeah, I mean, our listeners got to hear the beginning of the change on the last episode, where mid-episode, we suddenly became hungover, I became summoned for jury duty, and I became broken up with. Uh, And it's been exactly a week. There's something about Tuesdays. This is the second breakup with this person, and the last time it was also on a Tuesday, so we're hitting the one week moment, but it's good because Tuesdays are also my therapy day. Yeah, I mean, we record specifically on Tuesdays to try and catch you in your most vulnerable moments. Yeah, and it's been working. But I also chopped off all my hair. Woo! And uh, I guess I thought the feelings would come out with it. Like, I feel like he did something wrong. I was like, oh, I feel the same. I think you have to get bangs for that to work. Right, right, right. How do you feel? Tell me how you feel. Is this the first time you've ever gone this short? Um, I went almost as short when I filmed her story. And then I also, there was a time in Chicago when I was pretty short. But I think this is the shortest it's ever been. Um, it feels good. It feels light and liberated and I'm very low maintenance, so it works in that way. But I'm kind of also ambivalent. <laughs> Sounds complex. Yeah, I um it was nice to like get all of that history off of my head, but beyond that, I'm just sort of I'm just kind of riding this out. I'm just sort of embracing, you know, Whatever is next. I also got a haircut, but it's way less dramatic. It was three inches, but but nobody's going to notice when your friend next to you chopped off all their hair. It's kind of just like, oh, yeah, so okay. this is about you. No, not at all. <laughs> I was just, I was adding in a foil to a lot has been going on in your life that's been dramatic and mine has been, I suppose, a little less dramatic in comparison. But honestly, I'm excited to not be in a situation that's dramatic. Not that my relationship was dramatic. It was actually mostly very serene and great. But it's it was sort of like finding out that the person who has been training as your tennis partner just suddenly one day is like, oh, yeah, by the way, I don't even know the rules of tennis. And also, I don't want to play. And it's yeah. like, oh, okay, cool, but we've been training for nine like months. Like, you've been training for the U.S. Open, and she was like, oh, yeah, I don't even really like tennis. Yeah, and also, what is this, Love 15? Like, <laughs> you know, I just had to work in a reference to love in there. Did you see Battle of the Sexes? No, but Speaking I, of lesbians and tennis. I heard, I've heard such mixed reviews on it. Really? I loved it. I've heard of two people who walked out, two, like, queer women. Really? Yeah, I don't know what the deal is with that. I haven't seen it, so I can't really speak to it. But one of them really hated the portrayal of the queer relationship. Oh, I really liked it. I thought that for a film like that that is going to be so mainstream and so many people are going to see it, I thought that it was a really great portrayal. It wasn't fetishized, It was, but it was also like perfectly sexy. I thought that it was really good, and I've actually been saying how well I think they portrayed it. Wow, I'm gonna have to check it out and see where I where I stand on it. But so, do you feel like it was historically accurate in the sense of 
like my understanding of her relationship was she was closeted at the time and it was and she was married yeah and it was with the woman who worked with her it was with the woman who was like the hairstylist for the team and then she i mean i don't know if all the details were correct in terms of like the 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 timeline but in the film it's like the and we're talking about billy jean king by the way and the new film battle of the sexes but In the film, it's that before they go on tour, they're all getting their hair done. And Billie Jean King has this woman named Marilyn who, like, there's clearly this, like, connection with. And for the first time, Billie is, like, very electrified by someone. And it happens to be this woman. And uh, she invites her to, like, the tournament that they're going to be in in San Diego. And then they end up hanging out and they end up sleeping together. And it and then she ends up going on tour with them as their like tour hairstylist. I see. And and I doubt they got to this part in the movie, but that's the way that Billie Jean King in real life ended up being outed. Is Yeah. No, it got there. Oh, it got there? Is it got there her because her? No. Oh, it didn't get there. It got to the point of other people using it against her for why she shouldn't play in this game, but she decided to play anyways. It was clear that she had this loyalty to her husband, who they did portray as like a good guy, and he was kind of like her biggest cheerleader. And then this person who like literally doesn't know anything about tennis, who she's just so attracted to and has this connection to, and it is going to open up this new part of her. They kind of leave it at the end where like it's mainly about her, Billy, becoming herself, and it's not about like choosing one person or the other. It's more like her choosing herself. Right, right, right. But later, Marilyn in real life sued her to get the money. Like, she was basically like, we were in a relationship for, you know, almost a decade, and I want some monetary gain from that. And mm. while Billie Jean King was still married, and the publicity around the lawsuit is what publicly outed her. Oh, no. It was starting to... She was starting to kind of be outed a little bit, but it wasn't a public outing. They didn't get there. Gotcha. They also didn't mention that in the very end, but they did mention that she ended up being with a different partner yeah. for most of her life. But I thought it was good. I mean, you be the judge. Um, I One other thing that has changed for me this week is I am now someone who has seen Solange live. Congrats. And thank you. And I can say with certainty that no one walked out of, of that show. Uh, that I, I mean, that I know of. It was right. the Hollywood Bowl. But... You know, maybe if someone was like wanted to go find parking, you know, like wanted to go get their car and not be stuck in a parking lot. Right. My my, uh, lift on the way home was like $60. (sighs) But anyway, worth it because I feel like it's so special and so rare to be able to witness someone who is fully actualized as their like high, like who has fully realized their potential as an artist and a creator. Like not that she doesn't have more room to grow and I'm sure she's just gonna like get better and better but in this moment to be like whoa you are fully inhabiting what you could be and it's just so inspiring like you just so rarely get to see that Mm. it was it was incredible the whole the whole thing I saw SZA on Thursday and I felt like she was jealous she was just a little firecracker on stage she was so cool yeah there's some real cool ladies making music right now uh Kalayla also performed in Blood Orange um, as part of that show. So I just recommend. When are we going to go on tour with our band? Yeah, talking about fully realizing p- potential. <laughs> These guys. 
You um, play the sax, I play the bongos, the saxabongs. I, I do need to really own my sax playing because that was one thing that my recent ex would keep bringing up is like, you've never, you keep saying you're going to play your sax for me, but you never do. And clearly something was stopping me. And maybe I didn't want to reveal that part of myself to her. I was like, you haven't earned this. Are you Lisa Simpson? Um, I mean, that, you know, is my closest Simpson arch- archetype. Hmm. Um, I see myself as more of like a Maggie. And I mean, I I can see you as a Maggie for sure. And I also, one of my dogs looks like Santa's little helper. That's true. So taking a knee. I mean, there's a lot going on. There's so much going on. Um, hurricanes. It's It's been... Um, Good thing we don't deliver the news. Taking a knee. Oh, it was funny because when actually at this launch concert uh, toward the end, she ended up taking a knee. And I, as I don't know why I did this, but I like in that moment, I for some reason thought that my friend who I was there with hadn't noticed that she had done that. And I kind of leaned over and was like, she took a knee. And then, <laughs> and then my friend was like, okay, Ruth, like, you know, like the football people. I don't know exactly what he's upset about, but he seems like a very nice man. Did you see she took a knee? That's because, you know, like we just became these, the like, the, the grandmas talking through a movie. Well, it doesn't compare to the Beyonce concert where you were, you just felt the spirit inside you and you screamed, kill all men, right as the song was ending. It was truly like that moment in 10 Things I Hate About You where the music just stops and you only just hear someone yell something. Which, to be fair, especially um, not to terrify our male listeners, that moment was brought. We love you. Love you, and also we don't mean like literal men. We mean, or I meant like the energetic representation of oppressive forces. And um, also, it was at the end of was it sorry? Yes. And I think it was in part brought to you by an edible, and on in part brought brought to you by being literally inside a throng of the most empowered women. I have ever been in like truly after seeing the lemonade tour I okay this fucking piece of hair is gonna really annoy me there's a floppy piece of hair in my haircut that I don't know how to deal with it's very Zach Morris again I hate to say that twice in one week but Eh, well it's the first time for the podcast that's true but I, I don't you feel like I mean I I was palpably empowered in every sense of that word walking away from that concert also I mean god the sisters just seeing someone who 100% owns her craft and just lays it all out there. She's not like, oh, I've reached a certain level of fame and now I'm just going to ride this out. She's like, I am going to give these people everything. And like, oh, it's just so good. La 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 la. La 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 la. This is my style Got to get it up Oh, I might fall Excuse me Excuse me
Season three, episode two, The Old and the Beautiful. Like a play on my relationship history. No, I was going to say The Young and the Restless. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. So. This episode, I don't know if it's, I was just bringing this to the episode, but I felt like it was depressing. It was very depressing, but it was also very thought-provoking, I would say. I mean, the beginning of the episode starts with Mr. DiMartino in class talking about basically welfare and government aid. And he's talking about how Democrats, uh, they are, you know, live in the welfare state, whereas Republicans, they believe more in Darwinism. And it's obviously not taking into account social inequities and, and all that yeah, jazz. No, no shocker that Mr. DiMartino is a Republican. But I don't know, because it seems like he has a military background, which may make him pro-government aid, because that's what a lot of veterans have to... No, but he said the Republican. He said something about, like, the Democrats believe in a welfare state, and the Republicans take a more winning approach. Oh, I didn't hear the... I thought he said a Darwinism, a Darwin approach. Oh, a Darwinian approach. Yes. When you make an assumption, it makes an ass out of you and me. Yeah. Uh, And so that's why when he asked Kevin what he meant by Darwin, he's like, the monkey guy? But yeah, so I I think it's hard to tell where Mr. DiMartino stood. We'll never really know. I suppose you're right. I like the idea of him being like secretly a bleeding heart. I could possibly see it. But anyways, it's interrupted by Miss Lee, who is telling everyone that they need to sign up for extracurricular activities that will help the community. And it's clear that she's the one that's going to get recognition for it because she keeps messing up me and you all. And so we don't know if there's a monetary value, but there's certainly some sort of like award or recognition to that. And there's something about this superintendent of schools that she keeps referring to. Like maybe there's a little crush going on. What do you think? Who do you think her crush is? In the world of Daria or just anywhere? Like a celeb crush? I mean, like who would Miss Lee be most interested in? Someone with money? Don't you feel like she'd Oh, I was going down the route of, like, I feel like she'd have a crush on someone super basic that, like, everyone has a crush on, like, Channing Tatum or something. Mm, I like mean, I think, I think she'd have a crush on him for money. She's all about the money. Do you think if she um, married someone really wealthy, she'd leave her job? Or I think she still gets off on the power. Yeah. But I could see her in a power couple. She She kind of gives me a little, like, powerless vibes. But I can't really picture what her type would be, like, her type of woman. Maybe someone exactly like her. <laughs> yeah, it would be like kind of the the twin twinsy situation. Like it would be like a lawyer. Her, I could see her with like a Wanda Sykes type. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's time to sign up for the compulsory extracurriculars, which again, this is a theme that comes up at least once a season. The sort of required community service in order to help the school look good. Right. Which Daria obviously is very against because she believes that you should volunteer because it feels good. Again, the morality in Daria is just seeping through. So Jane signs up to do arts and crafts at a children's hospital and Daria signs up to read to senior citizens and Brittany and Kevin end up also signing up for um, reading to seniors because they think it means hanging out with upperclassmen. And Quinn decides that her and the fashion club are going to donate clothes to the homeless. 
However, when Helen offers some of her clothes, Quinn says, don't you think the homeless have suffered enough? Pretty harsh. Yeah, that, and that's... um. Ooh, Miss Lee and Helen. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or also Sandy's mom. Mm. And also Jody's mom. There's a lot of powerful moms in this show. Yeah. Ooh, I'd watch a show called Powerful Moms of Daria. Let's write it. I mean, if, if you know, if there's copyright issue with the of Daria part, let's just write Powerful Moms. Yeah. Like instead of, what was that shitty movie that just came out? Bad Moms? Yeah, that was pretty bad. But then I, I saw it with my grandma and my aunt. And the whole time I was like, oh, God. And then as soon as we left, my grandma and my aunt were like, that was the funniest movie I've seen in so long. And I was like, Mila Kunis's husband was like so obviously like garbage and horrible and it wasn't nuanced at all. Like basically there was just no nuance to anything. And I still think that something can like, okay, to me, I thought that Battle of the Sexes was mainstream, but also nuanced. There. There, I said it. <laughs> but um, was it written by a woman? Bad no. It was co-directed by a woman, but it was written by a man named Simon like Bowfree or something. He looked like an old white English dude. But it was still good. I mean, in... in Wait, are you talking about Battle of the Sexes or Bad Moms? Battle of the Sexes. Was ba- Bad Moms written by a woman? Maybe. Mm. Unclear. So the first time that we see Daria, Brittany, and Kevin at the nursing home, um, we start to realize pretty quickly that things are going to be pretty similar for Daria in this setting as they are at school in that all of the old people are super into Brittany um, visually and they like her voice and her pep and are not so much into Daria. I mean, also, I think she makes a mistake by reading some really dark material the first go around to a lady who actually seems more similar to Brittany than to Daria. Yeah, she reads Howl by Ellen Ginsberg. And Mrs. Patterson, the old woman, basically wants to commit assault on Daria with her walker. Yeah, and when Daria walks in, she says, Oh, what a pretty girl that Brittany is. (laughs) (laughs) And then Daria doesn't have much luck with the second person that she reads to, a guy appropriately named Mr. Gross. Because she's reading even the book that they chose for her with his Parables of the Way. Yet he still wants Brittany to be there. And that feels a little more gross than with Mrs. Patterson because I feel like he just wants to stare at Brittany. But he unplugs his respirator while Daria's speaking to him. And Quinn, again, the morality of Quinn comes out here because she, when she's talking to the fashion club about their quest to donate clothes to the homeless, she actually outsmarts them into first look in their own closets to donate clothes. And Sandy's like grossed out by the thought of homeless people wearing her own clothes and Quinn is sort of like yeah but then there'll be room in our closets for new things and and kind of like gives this persuasive argument that makes them see it her way but really it's to do the right thing but then it still doesn't really work because every single person from the fashion club ends up going shopping for herself and Sandy keeps trying to do this thing where she's trying to seem morally superior by saying like just because they don't have a home doesn't mean they don't have taste yeah something like something in the realm of how dare you talk about the homeless this way because we should still give them good stuff but then she ends up being too picky to the point where they end up only giving only donating go-go boots and like a belly ring or something. So I think she's trying to appear as if she's on a moral high ground to Quinn, yet she's actually doing it far more wrong. 
Daria wants to get better, I guess just wants to take some notes from Quinn's book of how to be bubbly. So she listens in to Quinn on a phone conversation. And I actually didn't really understand the point of this scene because later, Neither, because later she gets help from Brittany. Yeah. And you see Daria taking notes and actually the phone conversation she's listening in on Quinn's just sort of talking in a reasonable tone. Like it's not even her being full Quinn. Right. Um, and then nothing happens with those notes that Daria took. So, you know, if I were the editor, I would have maybe suggested a little snip there. But uh, Daria does end up getting help from Brittany because Brittany's basically like, I'm sorry, you're not popular. Oh, my God, that's scary. What, the fly or my voice? Your voice. Wait, watch this. Are you about to commit murder? Oh, shit. Damn, it's still alive. No. Oh, God. Okay, that's my head. Well, that didn't work. I've been wielding a teen vogue for the last two weeks. I think I come alive when a fly's in the room. I'm kind of like a dog in that way. And I'm like, must kill. Must kill with the words of Lauren Duca. Yeah. Um, hey, Lauren. So. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, I've, I've uh, moved on. I can't date another Lauren. That's fair. So Brittany decides to help Daria because this whole week is about helping the less fortunate, she says. And so Daria goes over to Brittany's house. And is this the first time we've seen Brittany's house? Or second time? Did we see it in Lab Rat? I feel like we've seen it before, but we haven't. And we've we've met her stepmom, but because she brought her to the fashion show that yeah, time. Yeah, we've met Ashley Amber. However, I think this is the first time we've met her dad, yeah. Steve Taylor, who we don't really know what he does, but he has a stuffed bear in his office. And I think that's all we really need to know. And he works for a cosmetics company. Okay, we also need to know that. And he also says something rather sexist about his wife and said she was a knockout when she was younger. Right, when she actually still looks so young that Daria mistook her for Brittany's sister. Correct. So that all seems pretty on brand for the family you'd imagine Brittany coming from. Oh, you hear that old bird? Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. It's like the opening opening scene of Cinderella where she takes a shower and the birds lift her uh, towels off of her body. I used to try to like reenact that, but without the actual birds. I would just never mind. <laughs> we can keep that in. <laughs> So while Quinn and the rest of the fashion club are going door to door to try and get donations because that's their new thing, there's this really poignant moment where they're talking about how charitable they're being, yet they're stepping over a homeless person who is asking for money. And it, it really was one of those, those really great moments of uh, hypocrisy that they wanted to shine a light on. And they end up getting new haircuts. They... There's the callback to the chocolate bar lady, which I knew that that was coming. Yeah, it was even a for. It felt like a forced callback. Yeah, the, she was like, "Are you selling chocolate?" Yeah, you girls got those chocolate bars. Oh, you're good at that. Thank you. Also, I don't want to um, skim over the line when they decide to get their hair done, where Sandy says, "A new look would really bring attention to our cause." <laughs> Which, I mean, I'm not sure what my cause is, but should use this haircut to do some good for the world, I guess. Yeah, totally. So Brittany is trying to help Daria, and she has Daria read the cheerleader's handbook and is saying that you should read each sentence like it's a question. And then Daria's like, well, how do I add that little squeak? And Brittany has no idea what she's talking about. And what? after, it's Oh, squeak. God. Oh, God. 
wearing headphones and hearing that was truly a nightmare. Speaking of nightmares, I kind of want to go see it. Me too. I've heard it's great. I'll go with you. Okay, cool. Y'all want to come? Cool. See you there. <laughs> we'll meet you there at 7. Pick you up at 7. So Brittany lands on You'll Never Be Like Me. And I think Daria's okay with that. So back Which at... Which is interesting because last episode, Brittany's whole thing was we are alike. Like you are like me more than you re- than I realized. Yeah, I feel like Brittany see... Like I feel like Brittany is constantly just thinking about herself where she only sees people in terms of how much are you like me. And I think that that's maybe just how she relates to people because she is, you know, self-obsessed. Or I think that's the only way that she can feel close to someone or dis from someone is just in relation to how much they are like or not like her so they go to better days retirement home nursing home is there a difference between a nursing home and a retirement home a retirement home is usually the term that they give to like assisted living communities where it's not like full service nurses but you have access to those things on the property Mm. so this would be a nursing home got it so daria goes back in and the the liaison is like, okay, who wants to read with Daria? And they're all screaming that they want Brittany. And so the only person that's left is this nice old woman named Mrs. Blaine. And at first I thought they said Mrs. Lane and I thought there was it was going to be like Jane's grandma or something, but they fooled me. It's Mrs. Blaine. And she's the only one who doesn't detest. But shortly after, Daria realizes that it's because she's deaf. But she still enjoys uh, Daria's manner. I don't know if she's... I mean, she's obviously able to read lips. Correct. Because she does respond when Daria asks her questions. She nods to questions and says, like, you have such a beautiful voice, even though she can't hear it. So um, Daria actually feels emboldened to read some of her own writing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like kind of a similar story to the one she read in Cafe Disaffecto. Mm hmm. It's finally time for Miss Lee to do an assembly about, uh, you know, who was the most valuable volunteer. And she's obviously receiving recognition herself for being the principal, which she's very psyched about. But the two people who win this most valuable volunteer award are Brittany and Kevin. Which obviously feels very unfair once you have once you've seen it all. Though I mean, they did do a good job. They were just they did it for not the right reasons, and they had no idea that they were being like objectified the whole time. So it's like, is that a does that make a bad volunteer, or does that make them just okay? I think they were good. They were giving the people what they wanted and brightening their days and and distracting them from thoughts of their own mortality. Do you think it made Daria sad that she wasn't like a quote unquote good volunteer? Because I think it's also funny how like someone could be a bad or good volunteer because you just assume that anyone who volunteers is good. Though I will say I volunteer, I've been volunteering with this organization for the last like four years. And this, there's this guy that volunteers with us. It's for this thing called Young Storytellers where you go into a classroom, you teach a fourth grader how to write a five page screenplay. And there's this guy who's been in my same class for the last two years, this this guy who's like our age, and he's like truly the worst, and he is a really bad volunteer. So I guess I stand corrected. There are really bad volunteers. He like will get on his phone, he'll ride that fucking no hands hoverboard, and I'm like, dude, you're 30. Does Why does he do it then? I think he does it for the pictures. I swear to God, I think he does it for the pictures with the kids. 
we had this exercise called rant and rave and it's where you like stand on a soapbox you stand on a chair and you talk for 10 seconds about like something you hate or something you love and he got up there and he's like i can't stand my manager I had this commercial audition that I was supposed to go in, and she gave me the wrong place in Burbank, blah, blah. And I was just like, yeah, real relatable, asshole. To a bunch of fourth graders? Yes. It's truly, literally just for him. And when you're supposed to be giving your attention and yourself to a child, it's so clearly about him. He's late every single class. We actually start up again on Thursday. He's late every single class. He's just, ugh. And he voted for Trump. That's a whole other thing. But anyways. And he talks about that to the fourth graders? Well, we found out via his Facebook. A couple of us found out via his Facebook. But then we had a session um, two days after the election. And our head mentor, who is lovely, said that we should talk about it with the kids and see how they're feeling and, you know, try and encourage them to get involved when, when they can so that they can help take care of us the way that we're supposed to be taking care of them. Yeah, he was, the whole time, he was just, like, rolling his eyes and thinking that we're all being dramatic. And uh, let's just say I wanted to pop off, but I couldn't because I had a sweet fourth grader who needed my attention. You wanted to pick up the words of Lauren Duca and roll them right up and smack him. Yeah, I did. Mm. I wanted to take a teen Vogue. Oh, there it is. It's him. Think of it as him. Oh, it worked that time, didn't it? Did because I thought it was. Oh, that is Jimmy. smushed. Yeah, you're gonna have to Windex that later. That's fine. Do you know how many flies I've killed in this arena? Just a heads up to any flies out there. Do you ever feel bad? Yeah. Killing flies? You do? Yeah. Hmm. Not there yet. Are we good? Yeah. Do you have anything else to say about this episode? I think that it's interesting that the most recognition went to the most shallow people. Yeah, and I think that's part of what um, made me depressed by it. It was just a cycle of, okay, everyone's the worst and nothing gets better. And we just repeat these cycles and reward the assholes. And you know who probably cared the most out of everyone and didn't get recognized? I would say it's a tie between Daria and Quinn. Actually, I think it's Quinn. I was going to say Jane. Oh, but Quinn did care too. Yeah, she was always pushing back on Sandy being so picky about the clothes. That's true. But I also think Jane cared a lot too. Yeah, and Jane was, yeah, you're right, because Jane was the least like dramatic about any of it. Like she wasn't making any of it about her. It was like, I'm going to go pack up these art supplies and go do some art with some kids who don't feel great. Like I'm going to just not make this about me and I actually will enjoy it. So Jane wins. Yeah. Jane wins, as always. Please don't try and network with me around children. Still getting an earful about Jim, about Jimmy. <laughs> I'm sorry, but don't network with me while we're around fourth graders. Has he ever pulled like a so kid? What's your uh, dad do? What is uh, your pa- are your parents in the industry? I honestly wouldn't be shocked. Oh no, he did with someone whose uh, dad is a script supervisor, and he was like. Oh, cool. Um, On what show? Like, very interested in it. Oh, wow. That is just... Like, he really only seemed to care when it was, like, the big show and everyone's parents were around. Truly a gross networker. He's well, maybe a Sandy. Surely he's a listener. So, Jimmy, let this be a gentle mirror. And also, Jimmy, thank you for listening. 
Yeah, thank you. For also, thanks to everyone else who listened. I'm just going to gently get you off this train. <sighs> okay, 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 okay. Put it into your work. Bring it to the pen. Well, we're almost at 100K listens. And I know this seems like an arbitrary goal, but this is this is what we wanted. It's a nice six figures. So please help us get there um, by uh, sharing. Just l- listen to it like six times. Yeah, come on. What else are you going to do? You can you can listen to us while you're running, while you're driving, while you're thriving. making love, while you're thriving. Can you imagine Ooh. someone listening to us while they're having sex? That's hilarious. It's probably happened, not oh. on purpose. Well, if you are, um, a little oh. to the left. Yeah, that looks really great. A little to the right. That looks very consensual, and I'm very proud of both of you. Yeah. This is beautiful. Touch the shoulder. Mm. Thank you for listening. You can find us on Twitter. Sicker, sadder. Or you can find us on our website. Sicker, sadder, world.com. Or if you'd like to support us more on Patreon, you can do that too. $10 level. Yeah. Bye. Be safe, kids.